take the young ones in your life on an unforgettable journey that will get them excited about the Word of God with Airship Genesis Legendary Bible Adventures from Turning Point. Tune in to our monthly audio adventures and join the Genesis Exploration Squad as they travel back in time to experience the stories of the Bible firsthand and discover life-changing lessons. Also available is the Airship Genesis Kids Study Bible, packed with the biblical content specifically written for kids from trusted Bible teacher, Dr. David Jeremiah. You can also download our Airship Genesis mobile game on your favorite smart device and play as your favorite characters in this puzzle adventure game as the squad experiences the life of Jesus firsthand. Just go to your app store and type the keywords Airship Genesis. For more details or to order a copy of the Airship Genesis Kids Study Bible, visit our website at airshipgenesis.com slash Bible. That's airshipgenesis.com slash Bible. If the troubles of our world distract you from your calling in Christ, remember, this world is not your home. Learn how to embrace that perspective today on Turning Point, as Dr. David Jeremiah offers tools and insights to help you obey the Bible's command to keep your heart fixed on things above. To introduce the conclusion of his compelling message, Stay Centered, here's David. Well, we are studying uh, this thematically. We're talking about what do we need to do to stay focused during times like we have just gone through? Friends, if I understand the Bible correctly, we are not supposed to be changed by the circumstances in which we live. The circumstances should not dictate who we are. We should be who we are because of who we know and who we love and who we serve. If we stay centered on Him, no matter what's going on around us, we won't lose ourselves we won't get lost in the fray. That's why this book is so important right now, why this radio series is so important. It's practical, strategic information from the Bible on how to live with confidence in a chaotic world. And I'd love for you to have this book. It's yours for the asking when you send a gift of any size to Turning Point. We'd be so delighted to send this to you as our way of saying thank you. Um, we, we're so grateful for you. We love you. And and. Uh, I cannot tell you how many times I stop for a moment and just remember, this isn't our ministry. This is our ministry, all of us. We join together to be blessed and benefited, and we pass the blessing on to others as we give. And so thank you for your resources. Thank you for your generosity. And thank you for the privilege of sending you this book, Living with Confidence in a Chaotic World. Well, let's finish up our discussions from Colossians chapter 3. This is Stay Centered. Paul says, set your mind and your thought on the fact that you are identified with Christ in all that he has done to make you a new person. Think about that. That'll take a few minutes. Secondly, center your attention on Christ. Stay centered on your authority with Christ. Notice what it says next in verse 1. It says, seek those things which are above where Christ is sitting at the right hand of God. Now, that's something we need to ponder for a moment. Where is Jesus Christ right now? He is in heaven, seated at the right hand of the Father. That is the position of authority. The right hand is the position of authority. And the Bible explains to us what this means in Ephesians chapter 1 where we read that God raised Jesus from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly places 
far above all principality and power and might and dominion and every name that is named, not only in this age, but also in the age which is to come. And he has put all things under his feet and gave him to be head over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills all and in all. The Bible says that Jesus is in heaven. Set your affection on things above. Here's something we need to consider. Seated at the right hand of the Father is Jesus Christ, who is in charge of everything. He's in control. He is in control of the stock market. He is in control of all of the international financial issues. He is in control. The Bible says everything in heaven and everything on earth. Everything in the age to come and everything in the current age, he's in control. Say that with me. He is in control. Now, it's a good thing to think about that, isn't it? When everything else is out of control, set your affection on the one who is in control. That's a wonderful thought, isn't it? And I know that if I set my affection on him, he'll show me what to do. And he'll help me know how to make good decisions as we go through this very confusing time of chaos. So stay centered on your identity with Christ. Stay centered on your authority with Christ. Thirdly, stay centered on your security with Christ. For you died and your life is hidden with Christ in God. The Bible says that when Christ died, we died. So we're died to the old life. And now that's what happened in the past. Here's what's going on in the present. Our life is hidden with Christ in God. We are secure in our relationship with Jesus Christ. I won't feel very secure in myself, but I do feel secure in Christ, and I feel secure in God, and the Bible says I have both. I am secure in Christ and in God. Notice, for you have died, and your life is hidden with Christ in God. I'm in Christ, and I'm in God and I'm safe. This is the double lock on the security of my life. You say, what does that mean? Well, let me help you with that. Let me turn with you to a passage of Scripture in the book of John, which I love because it's a wonderful passage to help people who feel insecure in their relationship with God. This is what it says. It says, and I give unto them eternal life, and they shall never perish, neither shall anyone snatch them out of my hand, My Father who has given them to me is greater than all, and no one's able to snatch them out of my Father's hand. I and my Father are one. There's the picture again, isn't it? I'm in Christ. Christ is in God. I have a double lock on my security. I am safe in Christ. I am hidden with Christ in God. So I might go into the fire like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, but I just look around and there's Jesus in the fire with me. I might wonder about the whirlwind that might have frightened Elijah, but he found peace in that whirlwind when the mighty arms of the tempest wrapped around him, whirling and thundering all about him. In the secret place, he was just as safe as he was at home in bed. And so am I. But my security is not found in the things of the earth. My security is found in my relationship with Christ. And While I'm not going to be foolish and say those things aren't important, because they are. They have to be put into the perspective that the Word of God gives us. 
And you know, this safety that we have is also a matter of security and secrecy. There's another part of this that's kind of interesting too. How many of you know that people don't understand Christians? And part of the meaning of hidden in Christ is this, that our true identity, our true meaning in life is hidden in Christ. People outside of Christ don't understand us. They don't. It's like the guy who was in college and his atheistic professor stood up and he said, son, he said, I've read your book from cover to cover and I don't believe in Jesus and I don't understand the book. And the student said, well, that's what you get for reading somebody else's mail. (laughs) You know? You know, it's not written to unbelievers, it's written to Christians, and we're unique, and we're hidden, and our identity is hidden. And while they look at us and try to figure us out, they can't figure us out. But we have this knowledge that in Christ we are secure and we are safe. And then notice the last one. Not only should we stay centered on our identity with Christ and stay centered on our authority in Christ and stay centered on our security in Christ, but we need to stay centered on our destiny in Christ. We go back to the last part of that passage which says, when Christ, who is our life, appears, then you will appear with him in glory. 1 John 3, 2 says, Beloved, now are we the children of God, and it is not yet revealed what we shall be, but we know that when he is revealed, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. Now, have you noticed that in this passage of Scripture, Paul has covered all of the tenses of life. (laughs) We have been raised with him in the past. We are hidden with him in the present, and we're going to appear with him in the future. We may be hidden now, but one of these days we're not going to be hidden anymore. The Bible says we're coming back in the glory with the Lord, and we're going to be revealed with him, and he is our life. You know, that's the problem that we have today. This is why so many people are struggling right now because along the way, and it's so easy to do this, we switch our hope from someone to something. I just read this book by John Ortberg, who's one of my favorite writers. He's written some wonderful books. But in this book, he talks about hope. He's got a whole chapter on hope, and he says, if we're to learn how to stay centered in Christ, we need to learn the difference between hoping for something and hoping in someone. And here's the difference between the two. If we are hoping for something, we are hoping for some particular outcome. I hope I get that job. I hope I get that house. I hope I get that girl. I hope I get that girl and she gets that job and we get that house. One day, listen to me, and this is the truth, everything we hope for will eventually disappoint us. Every circumstance, every situation we hope for is going to wear out, give out, fall apart, melt down, and go away. When that happens, the question then is about your deeper hope, your foundational hope, your fallback hope. When all your other hopes are disappointed, hoping can break your heart. That is why we carry one big hope, the secret hope you don't even dare to breathe, that when you have lost the something you were hoping for, there is a someone you can put your hope in. The whole testimony of the scripture points to this one man, points to a God, not because he will be able to give us this thing or that thing we were hoping for, but because that's all he's going to give out eventually. 
but because he is the one we can put our hope in. Without hope, there's no faith. Hope is faith waiting for tomorrow. And our faith and our hope is not that when we wake up tomorrow, everything will be okay and the stock market will be back where it should be and we will regain all the money we've lost. If your hope is in that, let me tell you something. You may be disappointed tomorrow, but you will surely be disappointed sometime because everything you put your hope in will fail you. But there's one in whom you can hope, and that's Jesus. And he never disappoints. You know what the Bible says about him? When we are faithless, he is faithful still. (laughs) He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He never changes. You can count on him. He is as certain as certainty can be. You can put your hope in him. Well, you say, Pastor, these are all good motivational thoughts, and I'm fired up about looking in a different perspective now on my life. But how do I do it? Let me just give you two or three things before we finish. First of all, you do it by your insistence on priorities. You know, sometimes when we go through crisis, one of the good things about it is it reorders our priorities. Isn't that true? I remember when I had cancer, I had people asking me all over the country to come and speak for them. And you know what? It was real easy to say no. Not necessarily because I wanted to. I couldn't. I just said no. Every letter that came in, I didn't read half of them. No, 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 no. I can't do it. Somebody said, Pastor, the best thing you can do is never tell people you're better. So you can just keep saying no, 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 no. And you never. (laughs) But isn't it true that when you go through a crisis, it kind of sorts things out? It helps you to see what's important and what isn't important. Here's what Matthew says. It says, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. A couple years ago, Don and I went to London. We went there for a a Turning Point event, but we also went there to participate in an award ceremony that was kind of a surprise to me. They had started this new thing called the G. Campbell Morgan Preacher's Award, and I think I might have been the first recipient because I think it's a new thing. But I got to preach in the church where G. Campbell Morgan preached all the years that he was there. He was a great expositor in London. But he was an interesting man. And when I was there, they gave me a book of some of his sermons and told me a little bit more about him. His grandson is the one who's championed all of this expository preaching award. And he gave me some of G. Campbell Morgan's books. And one of the books tells about how G. Campbell Morgan faced the crises in his life as a pastor. G. Campbell Morgan preached during the First World War, the Second World War, and during the time of the Titanic. And many of the people from his church were on the Titanic when it went down. And he had to try to get his people together during those crises. And the interesting thing about him was that, in essence, as you read his stuff, he was a pacifist. He didn't believe in war at all. But as he saw the Germans coming toward England and realized that they needed to protect themselves, he sort of became a quasi-pacifist. He began to talk about the importance of defending the nation and encouraging his people. But here's what I want to share with you. He said, men who are strong are always men who are fixed somewhere, who have a conviction from which they cannot be separated by argument, which cannot be changed, whatever the circumstances in which they live. Sometimes these men are very narrow, but they are wonderfully strong And they are singularly obstinate, but they are splendidly dependable. Consequently, we always know where to find these men. The fixed heart is the secret of courage. 
Courage is an affair of the heart. Courage is the consciousness of the heart that is fixed. What then shall we do in the day of fear? We shall do our duty, the thing that is nearest, the thing we have to do tomorrow morning. We will do that and do it well and do it cheerfully. The rest we will leave to him of sorrow and suffering and of the issues. What this nation needs, he preached, not just as much but perhaps more than anything else, is the multiplication of strong, quiet souls who are not afraid of evil even though the Zeppelins may be coming and will not add to the panic that demoralized but will do their work and stay strong because they're fixed. What he's talking about is to have a mentality that causes you to see the really important things and you are just fixed on those things. And that's what helps you get through if you stay centered. So set your priorities. Secondly, not only by the insistence of your priorities, but by your interest in the word of God. I wish I had time to develop it, but let me just remind you, most of you will remember. Do you remember the story of Mary and Martha? I love that story. Men and women, you know who Martha was, the activist. How many Marthas do we have here? I raise my hand. I'm a Martha. <laughs> and one of the problems with a crisis is that when a crisis comes, you always want to figure out what to do. That's what happens to me. If you're a leader, problems are the challenge of your life. Here's a problem, so I'm a leader. Let's figure out how to deal with this. Well, that was what was going on in the home of Mary and Martha when Jesus was coming to visit with them. You remember that? And Martha was busy. She was doing all this stuff. And Mary, when Jesus walked in the house, he sat down. She went over and sat down at his feet. And she just was listening to everything he said. And she was learning. I don't know if she was taking notes, but she was learning. And it ticked Martha off. And she went to Jesus and she said, Jesus, I'm doing all the work. And Mary's just sitting there. Would you tell her to help me? Now, if you have to go tell Jesus something like that, you are in real trouble. But she went to Jesus and she said, Will you get my sister up off her duff and help get this stuff ready? And Jesus looked at her, and I love his words. You remember he said, Martha, Martha, you are worried and troubled about many things. But one thing is needed, and Mary has chosen the good part which will not be taken away from her. Do you hear what he said? He said, don't get all caught up in the activity to the extent that you lose your focus on the word of God. Mary understood that the thing that would help her more than anything else was to know Jesus, and she took the opportunity to know him. If you're to center on Christ, you got to center on the book. The Bible is the written word of God, it speaks to us of the living word of God. On every page, on every line, you'll find the Son of God divine. If you want to learn to know the King of Kings, if you want to learn all the heavenly things, read the book, learn the book, let the book teach you. Set your affection on things above by setting your priorities by your interest in God's word. And then there's one last one that's sort of interesting, by the investment of your treasure. And I'm not going to give a stewardship message here, but just simply to tell you, the Bible says it very simply, where your treasure is, what's the rest of it? Your heart is. Do you know how to keep your heart fixed on things above? Keep investing some treasure there. I got to tell you something, this is the best time to invest treasure in heaven there has ever been, because everything else is worthless. <laughs> 
Well, there's some truth to that, isn't it? Some people say, well, I can't give to God now. Man, look at the stock market. This is the time when we ought to be re-evaluating what we're doing with our resources. And the Bible says if you put your treasure in heaven, your heart will be there too. Now, I began this message with some of the prophecies of the Bible concerning the Lord's return. I have a friend who sent me some predictions of his own. Here they are. I'll go through them quickly. Here are the top ten predictions. The Holy Spirit will still move on God's people. The Bible will still have all the answers. Prayer will still work. There will still be God-anointed preaching. God will still inhabit the praises of his people. There will still be singing of praises to God. There will still be the pouring out of blessings upon his people. There will still be room at the cross for you. Jesus will still love you. He will still save the lost if they turn to him. His daily life was marked by barbarous treatment, near starvation, hard labor, the incessant threat of death. Nazi concentration camp survivor Viktor Frankl had lost everything he ever owned or ever loved. Just nine months after their wedding, his young wife, Tilly, was deported to Bergen-Belsen, and he was sent to Auschwitz. He wrote of one early morning prison march. He said, we stumbled on in the darkness over big stones and through puddles. The accompanying guards kept shouting at us and driving us with the butts of their rifles. Hardly a word was spoken. The icy wind did not encourage talk. Hiding his mouth behind his upturned collar, the man marching next to me whispered suddenly, If our wives could only see us now, I hope they're better off in their camps and don't know what is happening to us. Victor Frankl said that brought thoughts of my own wife to mind as we stumbled on for miles. Slipping on icy spots, dragging one another up and onward. Nothing was said, but we both knew each was thinking of his wife. My mind clung to my wife's image, imagining it with uncanny acuteness. Her smile, her frank and encouraging look, more luminous than the sun that was beginning to rise. And Frankel credited his own survival when so many other stronger men died to his thought life. My mind still clung to the image of my wife. I understood how a man who has nothing left in this world may still know bliss, if for only a brief moment, in the contemplation of his beloved. When he was able to grasp the truth that focused love is a profound motivator, he was able to finally comprehend the words of an old proverb, the angels are lost in perpetual contemplation of an infinite glory. Their eternal focus is centered on the glory of him whom they adore. Let us be just as lost in the perpetual contemplation of the infinite glory of the Lord Jesus Christ. And he will get us through the storm if we focus on him. Let me give you a little verse to help you remember this. Isaiah 26, 3. Say it with me out loud. You will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts in you. You want to have perfect peace? Stay centered on Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Well, thank you for joining us today. We're moving through uh, these passages in the Bible that tell us how to live with confidence when everything around us is falling apart. Tomorrow, we're going to turn our attention to 2 Timothy chapter 4, and uh, we're going to talk about how to stay confident in this chaotic world how to stay centered 
today, how to stay confident tomorrow, all the way through this month, these wonderful truths to help us build our spiritual muscles and be strong. We have this book available, as I've mentioned to you. You can have it for a gift of any size during the month of April. 230 pages of everything we've said and will be saying, uh, plus a bunch more. All of the footnotes, all of the bibliography, all of the information in a way you can, well, you can grab it when you need it. You can underline it. I don't know if you highlight or underline. I sometimes do both. But my books are, are colorful after I'm done with them. And they remind me of the things I don't want to forget that I've just learned. And I hope that's what you do with your books, because that's what a book is for. It's a tool God gives us to put information in our hearts so that our hearts can change our lives. Be sure and ask for your copy of Living with Confidence in a Chaotic World when you send your gift today. We also have a magazine that we publish that is thematic. It follows along the same path of our radio and television ministries. And that magazine is available to you. All you have to do is ask for it. Uh, Go to our website and just um, deposit a request. Please send me the magazine, and we'll do it. And you'll like it so much, you'll never want to miss another issue. And if you're not much of a reading person, but you do like to have the devotional content, you can have that downloaded into your um, email box by just asking. We'll send all the content to you. It'll show up fresh every day, a word from the Lord to encourage you in your walk. I hope you'll do it. Then tomorrow, don't forget, we're going to talk about how to stay confident. It's one thing to get through something. It's another thing to get through something with your hands up high. We want to do that. We want to be victorious. We'll learn about it tomorrow right here on This Good Station. Our message today came to you from Shadow Mountain Community Church and Dr. David Jeremiah, the senior pastor. Is Turning Point making a difference in your life? Share your story by writing to Turning Point for God of Canada, P.O. Box 18098, Delta, B.C., V4L2M4. Visit our website at davidjeremiah.ca slash radio or call 800-946-4300. Ask for your copy of David's book, Living with Confidence in a Chaotic World, and live with certainty in these uncertain times. It's yours for a gift of any amount. You can also download the free Turning Point mobile app for your smartphone or tablet, or search in your app store for the keywords Turning Point Ministries to access our programs and resources. Visit davidjeremiah.ca slash radio for details. This is David Michael Jeremiah. Join us tomorrow as we continue living with confidence in a chaotic world on Turning Point with Dr. David Jeremiah. Thank you for your prayers and support of Turning Point. We invite you to make an even bigger impact by becoming one of our Bible Strong Partners. A special group whose support of the ministry is crucial in helping Dr. David Jeremiah deliver the unchanging Word of God to an ever-changing world. Turning Point is committed to presenting sound biblical teaching all across Canada. And when you stand with us in partnership, we also commit to you to provide you with empowering resources to keep you Bible strong. When you set up your online account at davidjeremiah.ca slash Strong. You will have instant access to Dr. Jeremiah's Topical Living Library audio messages, 
and his companion booklets, exclusive club resources, and our quarterly Influencing Your World newsletter. You can also purchase additional study guides at a 50% discount for personal or small group studies with our convenient one-click checkout. Plus, join our exclusive Facebook page. You will have special access to new audio podcasts and additional content from Dr. Jeremiah. Join with other Bible Strong partners today by committing to give $25 or more each month. Your prayers and donations are the backbone of Turning Point, keeping us Bible Strong. For more information or to join, visit our website today at davidjeremiah.ca slash Bible Strong.